Time for some rum and cola for your soul. With your host, Cindy Fell Cool, a lady who isn't good at being religious, but she thinks Jesus is awesome. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. I want to start out today with telling you a story about a friend of mine who was a bartender. So one night I was talking to my friend about God and we were sitting out on the patio and she said, you know what's so fucked up about Christians? And I laughed and I was like, yeah, well, I know some stuff, but what specifically are you referring to? And so she points to a tree and she's like, look at that tree, how amazing that tree is. You think that there's a God who created trees, came up with the idea for them and all that they provide for us, and that there's something that you could do to impress the creator of trees. And I was like, yeah, you know, good point. (laughs) And in my romanticized memory of this exchange, I just said something amazing to her about how I don't believe that at all and that. I actually believe something crazier than that. I believe that God loves me and her, not just a little bit, but that he freaking adores us and that because he adores us so much, we can follow him and become better, but that actually nothing we can do would impress him, but he loves us anyway. So (laughs) that's probably not what came across at all when I was talking to her But I understand exactly where my friend was coming from. I didn't always have this totally freeing version of how I followed Jesus. I used to actually believe that it was about me impressing him and about me being really good at following the rules. And I knew that he loved me. I just thought that it was because he loved me, I needed to be good enough for him. And I know it sounds stupid when I say it out loud, but I actually did believe that I needed to be good to stay in favor with God. And every time I read the Bible, I read it through this religious lens of always trying to be better at following the rules. The strange part about that is that because I was doing that, I took everything out of context because I was like caught up in this mentality of I got to find the rules and I got to live them. And I, I was full of anxiety and I didn't even take time sometimes to fully understand what the rule was. I was just like, Oh, there's another rule. I got to apply it. And I got to, I got to keep getting better. And you may not have experienced this, but if you have any interest in following Jesus at all, or you're remotely curious about it, which I'm guessing is why you're here, I bet you have been misled at least at some point in your life by people taking verses out of context. And you may not have even realized that this is what you were frustrated by, but I bet you've been annoyed when you were going through something and church people tried to give you an answer that was a little too neat and tidy. Or maybe you've clung to a verse like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then when you clung to those verses and you were trying so hard to follow the rules and all that, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't working. (laughs) What happened? I just want to tell you, that's why we're here. That's why my program's called Roman Color for the Soul, because it's about the hard stuff that's not neat and tidy, not always positive, but always full of hope if we make the effort. And part of making that effort is reading the stories of Jesus in their full context. 
And I know I heard you groan again. <laughs> I know it feels like I'm an English teacher always giving you guys these hard assignments, but I promise it is so worth it to read the stories in context. And to illustrate this, I want to share with you one of the absolute worst or <laughs> is the most, I don't know if it's the worst, but it's up there of the most ridiculous things that I have done when I step back from it and look at it now of reading a scripture out of context. And just to be fair, I was totally taught this because when I was a new mom and I was in that religious phase of trying desperately to please God and I just wanted him to bless me as a mom and I just wanted to get it right. And so I went to this Bible study and it was called The Mind of Christ. And we read a section of the Bible, Philippians 2, 5 through 11, which describes the mind of Christ, how Jesus thought. And in this Bible study, they, they just took part of a letter to, that was meant to be a letter of encouragement to the Philippian church. And they just focused, hyper-focused on these six verses and how we were supposed to live them out. And in me, it created this crazy, unobtainable demand on my life. I mean, I was literally thinking that I was going to start imitating the mind of Jesus just on my own strength. And <laughs> I just want you to take a few moments to savor how hilarious and ridiculous that is. I mean, I believe that there's a creator who made trees. And not only was I going to impress him, I was going to imitate his way of thinking and have his attitude somehow on my own strength. <laughs> I mean, if you had ever spent a few minutes walking around in my mind, you'd be rolling on the floor laughing at this right now. So let's just start with the fact that I have ADD. And on top of that, years of high level training in self-absorbed sarcasm and bitterness. And somehow in the middle of that, I managed to be both arrogant and insecure at the same time. <laughs> And I'm not just being self-deprecating here. I bet your mind's pretty messed up too. I mean, let's be honest, guys. We've all got some messed up stuff up there. So let's just suffice it to say, changing my mind to think like Jesus was not happening. I could imitate. I could pretend. And all while having panic attacks, that I could definitely pull off. But having the mindset of Jesus Christ, um, yeah, not so much. <laughs> but I really sat in a Bible study for a few months where that was the intended goal. To illustrate how silly this was, I'm going to go through the passage with you <laughs> and then share my insights. So Philippians 2, 5 through 11 starts out, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So yeah, <laughs> that should have alerted me right there that this was going to be a no-go. Um, in my relationships, I need constant validation. So um, something major is going to have to change in me for that one to happen. And then verse six continues, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. <laughs> okay, so Jesus has the position of ruler of the universe and didn't use that to his advantage. Let's be real about where I was with this. I don't even like people cutting in front of me in line. I mean, I'm like, um, hey, I was here first. That's my position. You better respect it. So being ruler of the universe and thinking, yeah, I don't need, you know, I don't need to take advantage of this. 
that's going to be some major change for me too. And then if that one, those two things weren't enough, let's go on. Verse seven says, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling the servant thing. I just got to tell you, I'm not about making myself nothing. And that verse continues and says, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. So yeah, this one I could totally pull off, but I'm not really into cross-dressing. But if God wants me to, I mean, I guess I would do that for him. I do love him enough to dress like a man if that's what he wants. But that's probably not what that's talking about. So then it continues in that verse and it says, he humbled himself, which also I totally rock at. I am so good at being humble. I mean, you should see how many people I hang out with that are actually way beneath me and I'm too good to hang out with them. Oh yeah, wait, (laughs) I hear that. I'm totally not humble. And then it continues and says, by being obedient to death, even death on a cross, um, yeah, not feeling obedience to death thing. How about I just give some money or something? And that's where I was with that part. And then verses nine through 11 say, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So yeah, I'm feeling this part. So if I could now have in this right attitude thing, God would raise me up so I could shove it in the face of all those people who look down on me. Yeah, I am so close to having the exact same attitude as Jesus is scary. (laughs) And it's actually literally scary how far I am (laughs) from having the attitude of Jesus. So thinking I was going to do it on my own was insane. And as insane as it is, This is the kind of trap that we fall into when we just pick things out of the Bible and read them out of context. And I lived in that trap for years. When I finally later read those verses within the context of the entire letter to the Philippians, I found a completely different message. It wasn't all about being consumed with trying to live up to some unattainable standard. It's actually the complete opposite of that. As a matter of fact, in that letter, right after the section that I was so obsessed about, Paul calls out how messed up that line of thinking is. See, in the early church, Jewish Christians were having a really hard time giving up all the rules of Judaism. And when Gentiles would come in and they were completely free from all of that, it really bothered them. So the Jewish Christians were demanding that the Gentiles become Jewish first and follow all the Jewish rules and then also add Christianity to that. It was so extreme that they were actually having grown Gentile men get circumcised in the days when there was no local anesthesia. (laughs) So this was some pretty extreme stuff. And you got to think that that was a little bit hard for the Gentile believers to, to accept. So Paul addresses that kind of legalism in the letter. Right after the section I read in chapter three, he says, watch out for those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. And that was some really harsh language back then. I mean, people would have been like, whoa, Paul, calm down. You're dropping the (laughs) E-bomb. Because for the Jews, 
nothing was a bigger sign that they were set apart than circumcision. Because it's for sure that nobody in the ancient world was just going around (laughs) saying, hey, let's all get circumcised. It was definitely something that set the Jews apart. It was a physical sign that they were special to God. It is kind of the epitome of religious legalism to have expected the Gentiles to do this. And so Paul says, watch out for the people that are expecting that. And then he continues and says, for it is we who are the circumcision, which again is kind of funny (laughs) in our modern world to think. But what Paul was saying is that we who have put our trust in Jesus, we are what it means to be set apart. And Paul continues and says, We who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. And guys, I just want you to hear that. that Paul was saying, we put no confidence in the flesh, meaning that we are not supposed to get our confidence from our personal ability to follow the rules. The things that we physically do are not where our confidence comes from. If I had read this and understood it when I was in that Bible study, taking that one section out of context, I would have been so freed and I would have seen that I was called to serve God by his spirit at work in me and that nothing I do physically is what gives me right standing with God. And it's not even there in just those couple of verses. It's the entire rest of the chapter that keeps driving this message home because it's really, really, really hard for all of us to get that we can't impress the creator of trees with our religious rule following. Then Paul gives them this encouragement, which should totally be read alongside of trying to have the mind of Christ. He says, I've learned what it is to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. So Paul was learning to do all the things that he did through Christ at work in him. And when we apply that truth of having the power to change and grow through Christ working in us to the picture of having the mind of Christ, it's amazing. Now that I know the context of that passage, it represents a freeing change in the way I think. A change that I can't make happen, but that somehow naturally happens a little more the longer I go through life with Jesus. And guys, that's just one example of the tremendous freedom that comes from understanding the whole story in context. When you read the whole story, the whole book or the whole letter, you will find more freedom to become like Jesus. And I hope that you're excited about this. I hope that you want to grow in knowing who Jesus is and becoming more like him. I hope that we're all freed a little more every day from religious legalism and we relax a little more and find joy in walking through this crazy, amazing life with Jesus. And my challenge for all of us is to think about some verses or some beliefs that you have been clinging to, things that you have been wrestling with, and and ask yourself, where did you get these ideas? And look into what Jesus actually said about those things and consider them in the full context. 
And I bet when you read the Bible this way, you will start finding more freedom too. So as always, I'd love to hear from you and hear what you find. Check out my website, RomanColorForTheSoul.com for all my contact information. I hope that you found this encouraging and calming, like your soul just had some Roman Cola. Blessings, y'all. Thank you for listening. If you feel like another shot of rum and cola for your soul, check out RomanColaForTheSoul.com.